Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I am Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Welcome back to the show. We are going to be looking at a couple of videos that I picked out. Huge YouTube channel capturing Christianity. Cameron Batuzzi started the process to convert Catholicism. He is joining RCIA. So he's coming from a Protestant background who is a very popular and well-known YouTube channel. Over 150,000 subscribers on his own channel. This is pretty big news. And we're going to break down some reaction videos that people had and joining me today is going to be my good friend john murphy how are you doing today john doing well have you ever heard of cameron butuzzi or anything going on with his i think a year-long journey in investigating from the theological philosophical historical background looking into the catholic church he was on pinesville aquinas he talked many dialogues with trent horn were you aware of any of this no i don't really follow a lot of that stuff and aside from what you've told me about that i haven't really heard all right well we're going to look at one of the videos right now this is from a channel from uh john adams ministries and this is his response to the news that the protestant cameron batuzzi from his channel is joining the catholic church and let's go ahead and play that video right now 500 years but there's something really interesting happening right now something that um i i don't think people really are too um too aware of there are a lot of believers right now a lot of believers who are deciding to leave protestant christianity for catholicism and i think there's a reason for that right now i think i think the main reason is people are seemingly getting bored okay and i think that's what happened to the character that we're talking about today um a good dude seemingly but it seems like he has just gotten bored of of Christianity. He's gotten bored. Now, I, I, I can't say that. I don't know him personally. You know, I'm not trying to attack the character. But this is a very big deal that um, <laughs> that is happening right now. So let's take a look at the clip. Again, I love my brothers and sisters in the Protestant churches. And obviously, if I didn't believe what I believed, then I wouldn't not be Catholic, right? So obviously, I, I think the Catholic Church is, is a one-two church and... Uh, founded by Jesus Christ, you know, given the keys, bishop and laying the hands and apostolic succession, all of that, of course. Right. But I think there's a lot we could learn from our Protestant brothers and sisters. I think I, I find, kind of find this uncharitable. Um, I think one of the discouraging remarks he made says the character. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that was a slip up, but it, it kind of sounded weird. Uh, but it, he's kind of lamenting the fact that there's this exodus of protestants coming to the catholic church and he talks about how it's a problem and i, I kind of find it a little bit uncharitable when he said he people are just getting bored they're bored of their protestant faith and then that's why they're going to the catholic church it kind of seems like he's trying to read his heart instead of engaging the arguments that um the car cameron has been investigating you know from the history theology philosophy he's been going through this journey for a long time some of the best catholic people to speak to you know matt frad and and um trent horn should stick to the arguments and say well this is why he's wrong or this is where he didn't understand 
versus kind of just saying, well, all those they're bored. You know, what were your initial thoughts on this, John, hearing this for the first time? I mean, I would tell him they're probably all bored. I mean, like, think about it. Like, we as Catholics believe that the Eucharist is the source of the summit of the faith. Yeah. So their their ability to worship in the form that Christ left us with. Ah, I see. When he instituted, the, when he instituted the Eucharist, when he died and rose again, this this instituted the new church, right? And yeah, the, and, okay. and the holy the holy the new the new church is all Christians, right? But the new holy of holies is like the Eucharist, and so of course they're going to get bored. I mean, it would be like you know having a relationship with somebody that you love and that you think is beautiful, but you can only video chat with them. Oh, like a long that's distance, Protestant. right? A long distance relationship yeah. or something. That's okay, Protestant. Okay, I get what you're saying. You know, they're, they're, they're outside in the temple. They're in the temple, but they're not able to walk into the Holy of Holies. So I think for if a Protestant was going to was going to uh, continue to stay on fire, you know, they have to continue sort of uh, <clears throat> growing in their relationship with God. And so it's not surprising at all that. Protestants that are really seeking and trying to grow the relationship with God would end up changing to Catholicism because they're eventually going to get drawn to that source in the summit. Like if they really do love Jesus. And so that's what it is to me. It's not, they're, they're they're not necessarily getting bored. That might be the the initial feeling. Yeah. I was going to say what it is. is They're being drawn to Christ. I was going to say, I get your side. Um, you made the point, but, but I don't think he meant it that way, you know, like, but I get what you're saying though. Good point. Well, well point, John, let's continue. Cause that's here. I, don't, I wouldn't say he say, meant it so. that way. He might've meant it derogatory. Yeah, I think he did, but, 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 yeah. but, but indirectly what he did exactly, was he, yeah. he really he highlighted a, a truth. You know? Yeah, that's true. Let, let's hear what Cameron had to say for himself about the conversion. And let's see. Um, what he has to say about his life and his new walk of faith. The big announcement is that on September 20th, 2022, I decided to become Catholic. I'm currently in an RCIA program and will be confirmed this coming Easter. This decision came at the tail end of a deep study into the evidence for and against the papacy. As a Protestant, I went into this study with an open mind. I Ultimately, I told myself, that I would follow the evidence wherever it leads, even if that conclusion is uncomfortable for me or for my family. My Protestant friends were very confident that it would result in a deep confirmation of my existing Protestant beliefs, but they were wrong. What I found was that the evidence strongly suggests that the papacy is true. Well, that's from Cameron Bertuzzi himself on his announcement that he made about a week or so ago. What do you think about that? What his reasonings, what he says now that you're hearing it from him? He bases it off of, uh, I guess, a logical uh, determination that the papacy is legit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems like the papacy had a big deal. Mm, yeah, I'll probably expand on that, I'm guessing. Uh, but, you know, it just just from that, it sounds as though he's saying that he got there by way of reason. And of course, we know even if somebody gets there by way of reason, it's still sort of the Holy Spirit working through whatever things he can work through in order to get people to the truth. But right, but then again, you know, leading off from what I was said last, he wasn't bored with things. He was being led to a place, and he got led to Catholicism. 
but he sounds like he was a faithful guy, always trying to seek um, and then finding something more yeah. more full. Yeah, and I was going to say, one of the big things that he says that hinges is the papacy. Because if you knock down the papacy, it's all a house of cards, right? Because that's where authority lies, right? With Jesus Christ, right? That's where the authority, but how is it to be conveyed? Was it the Bible where the canon wasn't set, like the canon scripture? The Like, what is in the Bible? Is it Matthew in the Bible? Is this in the Bible? Well, it wasn't there yet, right? So you had to have the authority and, again, hand it down to Peter. And I think one of the biggest things is the, um, the illusions and the typology of Matthew, right? When we hear the Kings, Matthew 16, 18, and then of course, Elijah 22, Eliakim, and talking about the keys that he was pretty much the vizier, right? Like the, the guy who can omit you to the king or he can shut you out from the king. And he had the authority when the king was away. Right. And Jesus obviously is the king. So it, it makes sense that St. Peter is that typology. He is talking about that because interesting enough is Jesus doesn't just change people's names for no reason, right? Abram to Abraham. Why? He sent them on the mission, right? So because I know some people, you know, our brothers and sisters with, with Protestants would say, well, you know, Matthew 16, 18, he said, you're a rock and on this rock, he meant this. He he didn't mean the rock. I'm going to build my church on the rock. And it's, it's kind of weird because if, if Jesus didn't mean that, then why did he change Simon's name, right? Like why he changed his name, giving him a new mission, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. You hear it all the time, you know, in scripture, when Jesus says, uh, I pray for you, right, Peter. And then when you're done, you turn and pray for your brethren. We see this in the council of Jerusalem where Peter's making the dogmatic um, proclamation and James is making a discipline as a bishop, a, dis a disciplinary um, thing about like, well, you know, we should do this. And, and when it comes to Gentiles and Jews, because some people would say, oh, James was the one. But if you read the scripture, it really wasn't. He was made a disciplinary thing that could change. If like, well, in this case, let's do it like this. But St. Peter was the one who gave the final authority. And again, that hold keys to the heaven or you, I don't see how you can't see that as something like the typology, right? It's, it's a historical event. It's repeated in history, um, uh, an illusion, an, an analogy that's supposed to convey something, right? That's supposed to connect with the old and the new. And the biblical, in the biblical sense, God sees that and God uses that. He kind of, let's not repeat, but rhymes, right? Like you heard the saying, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. It's kind of like that. It's like God is showing something and he's elevating it, something in the old, the shadow, I guess, if you will and bringing it to light, bringing it, expanding on it. You hear about Jesus is the new Moses. You hear about Jesus is a new Adam. You hear about Mary being the, the new art. And there's there's so many illusions and they're not all one the same, right? Like I said, Jesus, um, the new Adam, the new Moses, um, also the new David and Eliakim too. I, I do see there there is a, a typology of uh, Eliakim from Isaiah also being Jesus too. So I, I and especially in Revelation, we could see that illusion. Um, but some Protestants would stop there and just say it's only there. And I would say, no, Eliakim also is very much tied in that typology to St. Peter in Matthew 16, 18 and Elijah 22. I know that was a lot to chew on, but uh, we want to take it from there, John. I can agree with all that. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it's scriptural evidence that 
Peter was the one that was left as sort of the lead on that. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's really not too much that I would add to that. Uh, you know, uh, it's just, it's there scripturally. In Elijah the 22, it's the vizier, right? The guy like Eliakim, when the king's gone, like he's the one that could shut people out, right? Open and, and door. And, and again, when you hear that binding and loosing, usually you were like, well, what does that mean? Binding and loosing? I don't, cause when I first heard that, I was like, I don't know what that means. Uh, but it's a certain authority that you can bind someone to certain laws and practices, or you can let them go, loose them from that. And so you, again, it's authority, very authoritative language. And you, and Jesus doesn't just say that, like, I'm just going to make up these words. Like, no, Jesus Christ himself is alluding clearly, clearly alluding to Isaiah. The keys are a huge thing. And it sounds like Cameron really took that to heart because, and I'm sure I'm not saying that's the only thing, obviously there was probably more things, but you definitely do see that that is the main or one of the main things that Cameron, um, guided him to the church was the papacy. And so let's take a look at another another little clip further on. They're going to think that I'm, I'm dead wrong about this, but it's okay for me to say I'm dead wrong about this because according to them, I'm not even going to heaven because I'm not part of the Catholic church because they're, they're literally saying baptism is what saves you. The Eucharist is what saves you. Like you don't read that in the Bible. And so you are getting away from the scriptures. And that happened 500 years ago. Martin Luther posts this thing on the door. It says, guys, we're getting away from this. Especially you're looking at the, like, how I don't. Well, right there, I think right off the back uh, again, I think this is why it's good to have like dialogues with people is, is he says that according to the Catholic church, he's not going, he's going to hell or he's not going to heaven. And that's actually not the t teaching. You know, if you look at the catechism of the church, the church teaches that, Pretty much, basically, we are bound by the sacraments, right? The Eucharist, he mentions is he mentions baptism. It does save, right? It does. It does something. The Eucharist, obviously, but we are bound by the sacraments as humans, right? To follow the authority. But God is not. God is not. An atheist who follows his conscience and through no fault of his own, maybe bad evangelization, but he has a good heart. Again, the laws on our heart. And if he dies and he's a really good person and that atheist dies, and again, through no fault of his own, I want to make that clear, uh, can't be like rigid because if he just rejects it, that's different. But through no fault of his own, can he go to heaven? Is it possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. Like very much. And the church teaches that. And it makes sense too, because God has the final authority, right? Uh, again, somebody the, that was raised in, in the Amazon and they're under their pagan religion through no fault of their own. Can they go to heaven? Of course it's possible. Uh, John Adams, who said he, like he, uh, he's not allowed in heaven and saying that the church teaches that. No, that's not true. Can he go to heaven? Of course he can. You know, the, the church doesn't teach that, that if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell automatically. Um, I, I want to make a point. Again, we're not saying it like in the other way as in, oh, well, it doesn't matter then, right? We're not saying that. We're not saying, well, then why be Catholic, be anything? Uh, God gave us, the church gave us like a bridge right to Christ. And let's use that bridge. Now, can you get to the other side uh, another way? Sure. Sure. But, but maybe you might fall, you might get hurt. You might not make it. And, and, and we might see you on the other side, right? Obviously, but there is a bridge. There's a, there's a way that it was laid down. 
And we just want to keep that open mind that it does matter. Not that, oh, what it doesn't matter what religion you are. We're not saying that. But at the same time, it is not true that Catholics teach that if you're not in the Catholic Church and you're just, you know, Baptist or Protestant, and again, through no fault of your own, you're just going straight to hell. That's exactly what the church does not teach. So kind of right there, it kind of shows how he, and I'm not saying he's doing it on purpose, but kind of misrepresenting church teachings. Um, what say you, John? Oh yeah, sure. He's, he's, uh, you know, this is, I think what some people call biblicism or, uh, where they, they tend to make reading and exegesis or interpretation of sacred scripture, the sole criterion of truth. Mm. Uh, and so what they're doing is they're saying it's sole scripture, you know, kind of, and, and that tradition is, you know, somehow not a factor there. Uh, even though it was tradition that sort of was the groundwork and what caused scripture to be a thing and then to be preserved as a thing. That's tradition. It clearly has problems with the Catholic Church. You know, uh, That's not surprising to me. You touched on something. He said, well, where is that in the Bible? Where is baptism? Exactly. Where is Eucharist? Yeah. And so, again, what would you say? Well, yeah, what would you say if someone said, well, John, you know, this is not in the Bible. The papacy is where does it say papacy and where does it say pope what would you say to them if they said it's not in the bible i would say that there's there's actually quite a few things not in the bible you know and i would probably maybe list some of those things uh that the papacy is in scripture it just yes. doesn't say it black and white uh you know hey this is uh this is what you have to do you know um he didn't give us 100 clear guidance on scripture because if he did that, then there would be no reason for us to trust the Holy Spirit. Sure. Handing the keys to the kingdom to Peter was sort of a rite of passage, if you will, for humanity to sort of start to, to grow up spiritually, you know, as a, as, a, as a holy family in ourselves, family in Christ. This is why tradition is so important. You know, the sacred scripture is very important, you know, uh, but that's not the only a uh, way that God speaks, you know, God, yeah. the word of God is revealed in many different ways. Uh, and I'm grateful that Catholicism, uh, you know, views it that way. Yeah. And I think too, uh, it comes from uh, an assumption that I think even Catholics fall into the assumption of the starting point needs to be, where is it in the Bible? And I think that's a wrong assertion. That's an assertion that wasn't, even thought of the first 1500 years of Christianity, that wasn't even a thing, you know, until the, the Protestant Reformation. It's like they're, they're, he's asserting that it has to be in the Bible. And if it's not explicitly in the Bible, therefore, and like you said, yeah, there are many things that the papacy, uh, the scripture does show the papacy, but not exactly like the Trinity is exactly spelled out, you know, you had Augustine and, and, uh, um, Churchillian and, and all the many church fathers that, that expanded on that, obviously original sin, you know, the end of the apostolic, uh, public revelation that even, even like 90% of all Christians affirm, but that's not in scripture, but I want to play this other clip from him. This will be the last clip from, from, from John Adams ministry. So let's take a listen to this. It doesn't make any sense. And so, like I said, I think this is just a case of a guy who got bored. He needed something to do with his hand. He will totally say that that's not true. 
I've known people who have swirled around in their head enough and done some crazy things. So I'm praying for him. I'm praying that he would come back to Protestant Christianity. I pray that he would believe his Bible as he reads it. Um, again, I think he's on a journey. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a, a guy who got a little bit too much in his head and it went beyond the scriptures. Like, what more do you need? You don't need a pope telling you what to believe and what to think. And you don't need a pope telling you, know, having the keys telling you like you're in and you're out. That's not biblical. That's not what the Bible teaches. Well, again, I think he's being a little bit uncharitable where where if it was the opposite like if let's say a famous oh my goodness i don't want to think about it i'll be so sad but let's just say like if uh you know mike smith father mike smith like can deconverted he's like now i'm gonna uh, be a reverend and start my own church like it, it would it would hurt me a lot but again he's not the church but let's just say that happened right which will never happen father mike smith i want you to come on the show don't don't take this offensively i'm not saying you're gonna you know but let's just say for argument's sake that happened um man i i wouldn't make a video and say father mike smith um he's this he's i I wouldn't try to predict counter father mike smith if he did that i would say this is why i think the arguments are wrong or this is the counter argument i wouldn't say that i know his heart and oh father mike smith's doing this because he wants money or he's doing it because uh, he wants more fame or I, i wouldn't judge his his heart i would just say here's where i think the arguments where he got misled he seems to be offended almost that this yeah, guy would yeah, i was gonna of, say like a, yeah i don't <laughs> know true. much about the, the you know this guy john adams ministries like if he's non-denominational or if he considers himself protestant i mean like he, he made the comment uh you know we don't you don't need somebody the telling you what to do the yeah, yeah, yeah. What to do. talk about that and it's kind of like what it, what it is is it's like he's saying i have a problem with authority it's kind of what mm. he's saying he's mm. saying even though that authority came directly from jesus christ i've got a problem with this mm. say. yet he will tell his his his, his sheep you know because he's probably a pastor i'm sure if they come up and they ask him a question about this bible verse hey what does this bible verse mean i don't know He's going to act as an authority figure yeah. on that. And he's he's placing all of that authority onto himself. It's not Jesus placing that authority onto him. He's saying, I'm going to, there are because there are Bible verses that are not cut and dry and they're not black and white. And then there are Bible verses, of course, as you know, that have multiple meanings at different yeah. layers, you know? Of course. And uh, uh, no, I don't need one singular person to tell me what that means. I need years worth of consensus and you're talking about thousands of years worth of consensus, worth of interpretation, worth of work, worth of scholarship, worth of worth of divine revelation to get to these interpretations, yeah. you know, to get to these levels of, of doctrine and dogmas. And so, no, it's not one singular person that's telling me what to do. It is the magistrate. Yeah, yeah you got the magist- magisteria, sacred tradition. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. But it's just if you have a large... Uh, an organization or a large grouping of people people there has to be somebody in the leadership position of course you can't yes. have multiple leaders there has to be one singular yeah. person it always is this way organizations governments nothing functions good if you split the the the, the authority up 
there might be a, a little bit of instance of misunderstanding the Pope's authority because he's like, oh, the Pope says this and you have to jump. Like, that's not true. Like, there's a really good book from Jimmy Aiken called Teaching with Authority. And he breaks down what's ex cathedra from the chair of Peter when what's a majest, you know, when, what's a papal authority and what's um, what's not, you know, what's uh, popes could be fallible. They could they could be they could act bad in, when it comes to their personal life. They just can't tie the church dogmatically to any errors but not themselves they they're not impeccable so he, there might be a little bit of misunderstanding of, of what the pope is but now i'm going to play a, a clip from from dean uh lento and we're going to see his reaction to this news uh one is because this person's platform we're talking about cameron bertuzzi he is the guy behind capturing christianity that is a huge youtube channel uh, that is focused, or at least has been focused, on uh, apologetics, Christian apologetics. And I've got feelings about apologetics channels, um, and so like I'll set that aside. But a lot of people have loved his channel, have benefited from his channel, and have uh, really been impacted from some of his stuff. And today, uh, it was announced in a video... Uh, that he has decided to accept the papacy, that he believes that the papacy is correct. And so essentially what that means is that he is now Catholic. Yeah, so there's another reaction, and again, lamenting the fact that, uh, again, you know, like I said, if Father Mike Smith did that, um, it, it would hurt. It, it would. It would be like, oh, man, but I don't think I would be angry again this is it maybe i'm not maybe my sinful nature maybe i would but i'm just saying from me just hopefully what what i'm looking into my heart is it would be discouraging but i don't think i would lament and this and and i think it's important that a lot of these people recognize that that cameron bertuzzi he has a huge following and i'm pretty sure not everyone obviously but i almost guarantee you just for his conversion, the Holy Spirit's working through that, that witness, you know, the witness of the Holy Spirit. I think that witness of the Holy Spirit is going to spread and there are going to be conversions uh, that are helped by this, or maybe seeds planted that are going to be helped by, you know, his 150,000 plus subscribers. So that's a positive thing that, I mean, obviously the, these people that are making the videos, they're not saying it in a positive light, but I see that as a positive light, right? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there is a there is a real aversion to Catholicism in the minds and the hearts to atheists, agnostics, Protestants, non-denominationals, you name it. Some folks have a real true aversion to Catholicism. And so, yes, it manifests in this sort of passive-aggressive sort of... Uh, animosity that that each one of these guys is sort of portraying when they talk almost like they're in 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 amazement that somebody could yeah uh, leave protestantism right. and go to catholicism yeah. and they get so upset with the papacy and it's just like what we were talking about at the beginning i'm like they're they're worried about the papacy it's like well the papacy is concerned about the eucharist you know papal supremacy in my opinion is much easier to grasp much easier to understand than the mysteries of the, the Eucharist or the mysteries of the sacrament of reconciliation, you know, or Marian dogmas, you know, which to me are the deeper elements of Catholicism, you know, and, and it requires guidance and, and light from the Holy Spirit to 
understand those things. I think papal supremacy can be understood just purely rational, you know, yeah, historically, yeah. scripturally, and rationally. It doesn't, I, I mean, it, sure, it, it takes light from the Holy Spirit to understand anything, but I think it's easier to get to that conclusion using human reason than it is to get to the conclusion of the truth in the Eucharist, for instance, with just human reason. I don't think one can get there via human reason unless they really, really, really studied the scripture old and new very deeply and were able to put all the pieces together because it's all there. You know? Just like you were talking about with typology. There are so many Eucharistic uh, preludes or typologies in the Old Testament. It's insane. You know, it's all over the place. We should do a we should we should do a cast on that one day. Yeah, all the oh, different yeah. Eucharistic typologies, the bread of life discourse, and and even from from Joseph in the Old Testament. There's so many like mo the ma Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to bring up Saint Ignatius when one of the quotes he says is, "See that you all follow the bishop, even as Jesus Christ does the Father, and the presbyter as you would the apostles, and reverence the deacons." saint ignatius like yeah. that's a church father early early like what is it less than a hundred years after jesus within within a hundred years after uh, jesus died and was resurrected even martin luther because the first guy john adams mentions martin luther nailing the 95 feces to the door or whatever but like even martin even martin luther never set out to deny the truth in the Eucharist. There's a quote of Martin Luther basically being like, you know, confirming that up until, you know, that all of the early church fathers, not a single one of them ever said anything other than this is the real body and blood of Christ. And that it was so like, it's so obvious. And then if they hadn't believed that they never wrote that they didn't believe it either. Yeah. So it's just like, the evidence is unanimous. Martin Luther and like the Lutherans, they never de they didn't really depart from the Eucharistic document uh, uh, doctrine uh, right off the bat either. I don't think that was his yeah. intention was to deny the truth in the Eucharist, maybe just papal uh, supremacy. But now, now that we've gotten this far, and you know, Protestant denominations and non-denominationals don't even prescribe to any sort of uh, Eucharist you know, pre real presence in the Eucharist uh, beliefs, it, you know, I think that one needs to really go back and reflect on that. Like, you know, if we are really truly the church of Christ, why are we so much different than the early church form, which believed mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ was president in the body and the blood. Yeah. And that's why, you know, that's, uh, to me, that should be the thing that, that is at the center of the discussions and pap papal supremacy sort of, uh, misses the mark, you know? But, mm -hmm. Well, Cameron Bertuzzi is a man. And like any man, he can he can make mistakes. And I know that Cameron would say that for himself. Uh, so do not just think that, all right, well, the Roman Catholic view is correct because Cameron Bertuzzi, because capturing Christianity has switched over from the Protestant faith to Catholicism. Don't just believe it because he's saying it. Just because you like him, doesn't make him right. Uh, number two, I'd say don't support this. Uh, this is not a big, uh, this is not a small deal. This is not some little thing that is just like, a oh, you know, it's going from being a Baptist to, uh, I don't know, like uh, going to a Pentecostal church. This is not 
the same deal. These are two distinct faiths. This is not the same. So you hear him talking about like telling people not to support the camera Batuzi. Now, of course, you know, nobody's forced to, you know, no, nobody's forced to support anybody. You know, you can subscribe, you can follow, you can donate. And of course, you know, everyone's free to do that. But um, him and also other people too have been saying, as we heard from the other video, like don't support them, don't give them money. So actively, I guess, trying to, you know, hurt his pockets, I guess, as you would say. And then talks about how he's, oh, he's a man. He's just a man. He could be wrong. Um, you, you could flip it around and, and yeah, we're all men. He, you know, uh, this gentleman could be wrong too. So it's like, well, he's not talking, he's not talking as if this is his brother, right? He's yeah. talking as if that is doing something that he doesn't agree with. And, you know, like you said, he's sort of attacking him almost by saying, by advocating that people don't do not support him. You know, like I would only say that that is okay to do when, if it was my brother, if they're addicted, they're addicted to drugs or they're doing some yeah. kind of harmful behavior, I would say don't support them. But if he's just making a life change with religion, I mean, that's no yeah. reason not to support somebody if you yeah. feel compelled to that. Yeah. But then, again, it goes back to this fear of Catholicism. Um, the, here's, here's an interesting clip that, that I, I pulled out from him that on this video. And this is very interesting because I think this is actually – uh, advertisement actually he, he doesn't mean it in that way but check this out uh, i know it is all the the trendy thing right now is to be rooted in something that is deeper uh historically than what we see in a lot of like non-denominational christianity but to go and switch onto that team it is a huge deal and i truly believe because i believe like what Martin Luther believed, I believe. So again, uh, he doesn't mean it in that way. But when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Deeply rooted in history and deeply rooted in tradition. I'm like, yeah, like I don't see, I actually see the opposite. I'm like, yes, keep talking. I was like, it, but of course he doesn't mean it like that. But isn't that. Well, yeah, he's, he's trying to, he, he's, he's reasoning with him, not only with us right now, the viewers, he's reasoning with himself. He's trying to think of rational reasons of why somebody that he trusted and, and probably respected yes, and probably also thought, man, this kid's got the Holy Spirit in him, and now he can't make sense as to why this guy is leaving. Some guy that was so passionate on fire for Jesus now is going to become Catholic, something that he's afraid of. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to think of rational reasons, anything that he can do to to reasonably uh, excuse why Cameron is becoming Catholic aside from the Holy Spirit's work. You know, he can't ever get to that point. And so, you know, he's going to rationalize with himself and think of any kind of reason he can think of to convince himself and his viewers that this guy was making the wrong decision. Obviously, like I, man, I want everyone to, to know the beauty, the, the history, the tradition the beautiful prayers, the the love of the Catholic Church, the Eucharist. I want everyone to experience that. The rosary, all the beautiful hymns, the Latin chants, the smells, the bells, everything. I, I want them to experience Jesus, right? That's it's a personal relationship. And that's what I want for everyone. I want to share it with people, you know, not impose it, but propose it. Um, live it, make disciples of many nations for the Catholic Church. And um, I have so many uh people that I know 
that that are good Protestants, and a, a, there's some that are open and they're honest and they love history and Aquinas even, but and then there are some that have, like you said, a fear, and even you know, say Catholics are going to go to hell, and they kind of have this disdain for the church very uh, there's a lot of anti-catholicism now of course i'm not saying that there's no um anti-protestism in the catholic church obviously not but um i hope i'm being ju- uh, fair i hope i'm being fair but ju- i just from i feel i see i've heard i witnessed and all this stuff and, and my evidence says that there's mainly anti-catholicism versus anti-protestism in the catholic church and that's just my opinion and what what I see from that. And yeah, I think it is, you touch on fear. You touch on that, uh, you know, maybe fear of the unknown and the mystical, you know, uh, especially back then how the church was very, now we're trying to demystify it. I, mean, I think um, it's a, it's, it's really what I would think it is. And what I would say it is to people that have an aversion to Catholicism, it usually has to do with specific doctrines, either the doctrine on sex. Especially marriage, sexual, uh, a lot of sexual. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's usually it usually has to do with that you know it, that is sometimes for for some people it's the sex scandals that which is understandable anger them yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, us too and then yeah. you know perhaps only you know only being able to have male priests or something like that sure but it's usually you know or or perhaps even things like abortion or, or yeah gay marriage political that nature yeah it, but that's usually what it is, you know, or, or they, you know, a lot of Protestants, you know, at least the ones that I see that are adamantly against Catholicism might have even grown up Catholic, but they were poorly catechized or, you know, not, not raised in a way that was loving. And uh, they fell away from Catholicism. You know, maybe they had a bad priest. I don't know. Uh, there's usually some specific reason why people have an aversion to something. You know, it's like I don't have an aversion to the Baptist Church or the Protestant, you know, any of the Protestant churches specifically. Um, but th- there are people that literally will make their career out of Christian apologetics, and a bulk of that will be attacking the Catholic Church. Well, that that's funny that As you if say it's that an enemy. because yeah. that's funny that you said that because that's a good segue to our last video from uh, the infamous or famous James White who's a very anti-Catholic. And so that's a good segue. But before that, what you said is, yeah, it's not really Catholicism they wrestle with. And from the great venerable Fulton J. Sheen, there are not 100 people in the United States who hate the Catholic church, but there are millions who hate what they wrongly perceive the Catholic church to be. And I think that's very important. And we're going to get into a video right now from James White and let's see what he has to say I could tell, and I said this, and people jumped all over me for it. I thought, come on, you're so harsh. I could tell in 2020, and I think it was like May, if I recall. So it's been a, it's been two and a half years. I could tell then that the young man had no foundation in himself, in his own theology, for not being a Roman Catholic. He didn't. He did not understand the Reformation. He did not understand the reasons of the Reformation. He did not have any commitment to the imputed righteousness of Christ. He did not have a commitment to a, a reformed doctrine of grace. And just the, the way he was playing footsie then, it was obvious to me. And I said it. And 
you know, other people later on, and yeah, it's, it really seems like he's playing around. So, no, it's this is obvious from the start. He's just he's just bilking it for everything to, you know, get all this attention before he finally, you know, throws the switch. And then I guess I heard somebody saying that that you know he's talking about what well, you know, you know, this may cause me to shut down my ministry because you know, and it's, and it's like, yeah, you should. You have no reason to be doing apologetics and you don't seem it's these converts get so i mean james white of course he's notorious for being anti-catholic debated many of the catholic apologists trent horn and i think it's kind of very harsh judgment on knowing like it's like hey i'm gonna convert to this religion or that religion oh it's because of this it's always because like going in like psychoanalyzing somebody it's like well again you you may not agree with it you may not agree with it but i think you should give the person the benefit of the doubt that says why well, i'm converting to this because of, these are my reasons or these are the arguments that convince me and then tackle the arguments tackle um, the actual thing instead of just oh you're just doing that because let's say uh, your whole family converted so now you're going or your girlfriend converted and it, okay can that be true of course obviously yeah yeah that's that that can be true but what I'm saying is I think he's he's giving a very uh, harsh judgment about Cameron Batuzzi and stuff like that uh, how do you see that he almost takes offense to it yeah. You know? Uh, that somebody that was formerly Protestant and I guess perhaps uh, an effective and, and uh, you know, spirit-led Protestant apologetics guy. Either and this man, James White, sort of uh, takes offense to that. He would, that he would become Catholic, a threat to his life, a threat to the world, so to speak. But this guy, James White, thinks almost like, <clears throat> I bet you they spend more time berating catholicism than the church of satan you know oh, uh, they would probably yeah they would probably point. say that that catholicism is dangerous. yeah um and you know you think of how ridiculous that is think of how misguided yeah. that is because of all of the charity work that is accomplished all the health care that is given out all exactly, of the yeah. uh, university you know, system non it's, it is you know the Catholic Church has a major, massive yeah. presence uh, in in the social order of things and in the welfare of human beings. It is the most more so uh, than charitable, any singular organization. Yeah, right? in the world, bar none for for centuries and centuries. And I think too, it's like it's kind of James White, like Trent Horn has has tried to debate and offered to debate, and he kind of avoids him. Uh, but I think it will happen because he's debated him before, but. Uh, Catholic answers have offered and, and James White kind of kind of just dismisses and, and you know and again I'm not saying you have to you know there's no rule I'm not saying oh you know but it, I, I really want to see him and Trent go at it again on the papacy or or sola scriptura or sola fide or any of the other uh, contentions but I want to play this last clip from him and here's where I I I think we touched, John, you touched on something earlier that I think this will touch on about scandals. So let, let's hear, let's hear this part. So, you know, people are all up in arms and I'm like, it's nothing new about any of this. Uh, and then last night, uh, Trent Horn and I exchanged with you, you know, he was, he decided to jump in on some comment and look, if I said, look, I, 
he went after Sola Scriptura. And I'm like, you know, this is not the best time, Trent, for you to be going after Sola Scriptura. Because you see, you've got a Pope um, who uh, gave the Mass to Nancy Pelosi, knowing that Nancy Pelosi's bishop had told her not to present herself for the sacrament. He undercut that bishop and undercut the teachings of the church. And everybody knows it. You can, you can go, but that's not infallible. You, you, can, you can play the I'm stupid game all you want. But you know what Francis was doing. And you know the message he was sending. And he just placed two pro-life pro-choicers on Vatican councils. You, you know it's a scandal. You know it. So don't sit there and be, be doing the Sola Scriptura blueprint for anarchy foolishness. And this is the one part where I'm, I'm a tiny bit agree, or not agree, but, but side with James White on this is, yes, it, it is scandalous. There is a lot of bad things going on with the church. But what thing I like about the church is the dogmas. Jesus is the head, right? Not a man, not a, I respect the Pope and I give him all the respect in the world, but he is not protected from making mistakes. He is not protected from being perfect. He is protected. The Holy Spirit protects the church from not binding the church to error, not formally binding the church to dogmatic error. That's what he's protected from, you know, you talk about Pope Borgia or any of the, the bad popes, bad priests, but you touched on this, uh, the scandals, the horrific, the, I mean, remember the whole scandal came out. Like I honestly, I, I couldn't sleep that night. I was so just hard. And I never said I'm leaving the church because to where, where do we go? Like St. Peter said, where do we go? There's always going to be bad people. Right. And, and there's going to be scandals. I mean, like, I just want to say this real quick. I'm not saying that, that I'm not compared uh, pope francis to like he's a horrible pope like I, I disagree with a lot of things he's still our pope he hasn't dogmatically tied us to anything bad so i'm not i'm not i just want to say i'm not comparing him to the Borgia popes or i just want to say that but go, go ahead john well okay he is harping on a he brings up the eucharist which i find pretty ironic because this is not a guy who believes in the real presence of the yeah. Eucharist. So why does he care, right? So like, he's using he's he's using it as a as a means of saying, okay, hey, look, Pope Francis is being is using this his this this Holy Communion as a weapon yeah. or as a, as a means of making a political statement. No, yeah. uh, he's not. Uh, neither was the bishop. The bishop yeah. was doing what he thought he needed to do, and perhaps Pope Francis was Pastoral. doing what he thought he needed to do. It's like. Uh, it's a pastoral the day, issue, like, not a dog. Yeah, right. He can't say, "Well, I don't want to give her communion because it will become political." Uh, he can only do what he thinks is best, you know. And so, uh, to me, that's not a reason to say that the Pope is making a mistake. Honestly, it's and I not. think it's uh, I think it's interesting that James White, um, when he was talking about sola scriptura, about Trent was saying the dangers, the chaos it could create, because. Again, if you know, if I don't agree with my pastor, I can just go to another pastor. If I don't agree with him, I go to another one. If I don't agree with him, I can create my own church, you know? So I think the Sola Scriptura thing that was brought up 
James White didn't mm -hmm. even address it. He just said, oh, Sola Scriptura, uh, look at the Pope. Look at the, what the, you know, he didn't address it. What is the Pope doing this or not doing that or doing pastoral or disciplinary, again, non-dogmatically stuff? What does that have to do with Sola Scriptura? I, I didn't see the connection. James is kind of taking a pop shot. Um, that's how. That's well, he's how trying to say that there's corruption. He's now again. Which there is, obviously. Again, yeah. He, well, like, I'm not even going to say that there is. I'm going to say that there is, I mean, it's a massive major organization. Of and there's going to be pockets of, people. there's going to be pockets of, exactly. yeah, there's yeah, going to be pockets of filth here and there. Like, yes. Uh, but, but, the, yeah. but that's not, uh, that's not a reason to just discredit exactly. all. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we could, we could, we could play this game with nearly any facet of life and say, well, we can't do this anymore because at one point in time, this happened. Yeah. You know, we can't be in the United States anymore because at one point in time there was slavery. You know, yeah. I'm, I don't want to be I don't want to be an American citizen anymore because we used to be we used to be slave owners in this country. Yeah. So I'm going to go be you know, th that's kind of what it means. It's like, well, you know, like, yeah, there were some ugly points in time in our past, uh, but we learn from them. We move on. We don't run from them. We don't hide from them, you know, because we know eventually that, you know, everything's going to be made right. Um, but, it, you know, again, he's. He is attacking the Catholic Church because he's defending himself in the process. By attacking the Catholic Church, James White defends himself and glorifies his own ministry as if it's superior, as if it knows better, as if it can warn people uh, away from this evil thing known as Catholicism. You I know? think it's also, too, it, it's um, maybe because he doesn't really want to defend Sola Scriptura because you, you, if you break it down, you can see it's like, Hey, it's kind of weird. What if I like I I think these certain opinions or I have these certain things and this the church happens to just line up with the things that I like, it likes, the things it hates, it hates, the things that I'm allowed to do. Hey, I'm allowed, oh, you know, what do you know? Coincidence. You know, like I um what is GK Chesterton says, I, I don't want a church that's right when I'm right. I want a church that's right when I'm wrong. And one of the things about I love about being Catholic is when I went into the church, it wasn't like personally shopping for my custom made pretty much making myself god you know like oh i don't like that room i'm gonna go to another church mm -hmm. and when i went to the catholic church it took me it took me a while to subscribe to the full contraception like no contraception like i was like what like i i, I agree with everything in the church except that one and that was a, one of my last straws that i couldn't like i was like lord god please help me like I want to submit. How can the church be right on 99% and one? It can't be like, it, it has to be me. So, and there was a few other things that I was like, Oh, I don't know about this, but like, I like that though. I like that. Cause it would have been weird. If everything just happens to line up, you know, and I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm sure there's some, you know, rare people, but I'm pretty sure we're all sinners. We're all broken we all have original sin and i'm sure there's some rules that we don't like or some things that well oh, man i wish i didn't do that or or that so um I, i'm pretty sure most people um would agree that you kind of don't want to go off your 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 conscience as a human being or not not conscience not just a conscience but your your instincts or your intuitions as a human being because sometimes they could lead us if, if they're not virtuous into the wrong error. And that could make us make a custom made Jesus that 
likes what we like and allows what we allow and it just happens to all be coherent you know so that's one thing i love well what it is 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 it's it's people that are informed about what is going on there you go yeah in the in this in the in the uh story of salvation there you go um you know it's it's people that are informed about the scripture you know we're in the holy of holies with the holy eucharist here's where you want to be you don't want to enter the holy of holies with the catholics that's kind of what they're doing. And imagine the implications of that. Yeah. The implications of being somebody that's informed on the truth and the wisdom of God, but telling people and, and cutting them short, not letting them get to the end goal, not letting them get to the summit. Yeah. Hope that they don't lead too many people astray or hope that they don't pass that fear that's, in, that's inside of them onto others, right? Because even if the Catholic Church wasn't right, there would be no reason to fear it. Yeah. Right. We shouldn't be yeah. afraid of these things. We should, we should fear one thing only: fear God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, holy fear of God. That's and, good. And, if and any, I think that, any any good Protestant would know that. Anybody that really truly loves Jesus would know that. There's no reason to fear the Catholic Church. And I think one thing might be a fear too is is maybe a fear of of hermeneutics or the fear of interpretation or he, fear of of typology. Because I see that it's like no, I don't want to believe. But you, I mean, there's so many. Again, we talked about Eliakim and and, and Saint uh, Saint Peter. Also, uh, Eliakim and Jesus, the baptism, the flood in the Old Testament, Jonah. You know, Matthew twelve forty. You have the second Adam. You have Romans, Corinthians, such as on that the Passover meal, the Lamb, John one, First Corinthians five, the new Moses. You know, establishing. And it's just Deuteronomy and Acts and and all of this, these just shepherd and and feed my sheep and Exodus and John, the bronze serpent, the Ark of the Covenant, Mary, you know, left, um, left in the womb, David left before the Ark, three months in the hill country of Judea, same thing with, with the Virgin Mary. There's so many, you know, so many typology. And I think people are afraid of that if if they never been introduced to that. Cause I know some people are like, what is that? I don't well, I'm not really deep into that, but I would say, don't be afraid. We're running low on time, but man, this was fun. I say we, I should, we should do this more. This is, this was really fun. So I'm glad John to have you by my side to, to go deep into the issues and, and kind of break down these issues uh, for the people to hear. And so I, once again, thank you so much for doing this, filling in for dusty. Um, this was fun. I can guarantee you we're going to do this again, because again, I love being Catholic um, I want to spread the news of, of, of Jesus Christ in the church. And um, again, all my Protestant brothers and sisters that I love, um, we want to have good dialogues, right? Good, healthy, open dialogues and do what Cameron did. You know, um, maybe it doesn't lead you. Maybe it does um, do what he did. Look into the history, the church fathers, look into the theology, the hermeneutics, look into scripture, look into even philosophical arguments. There's plenty, you know, so look into all of that and hopefully pray for Cameron Bertuzzi because he's going to get pushed back from his family, his fans, everyone. So pray for him again. Once again, um, I'm Roger. Uh, John, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. This has been Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. God love you. Good night. Good night.